Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. Each week, we navigate the most important changes that affect pharmacotherapy. Plus, you can earn pharmacy and medicine CE credit. We know you're busy, so let us bring the learning to you. Click on Claim CE Credit in the show notes below. Now let's welcome your host, Jeff Wall, as he discusses this week's clinical practice game changers. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Game Changers Clinical Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Wall, Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. Welcome to our podcast that we try to give you guys the latest information on medicine, the latest information, particularly in pharmacotherapy, since I am a pharmacist, and we talk about uh, information that is either, you know, studies or new guidelines or, you know, big, you know, law changes, which we've had several lately that we'll be talking about in the future, I'm sure, uh, you know, but basically things that, that not only give you the evidence, but also gives you, uh, whether you're a provider or a pharmacist, kind of boots on the ground information you can use right at the bedside or at the counter to help your patients. And that's really our goal here at Game Changers. Thank you for listening. Um, if this is your first time, um, if you're a long-time listener, thanks for continuing to listen to us. Today, we are going to be talking about a paper that uh, recently came out in JAMA that addresses an issue that really kind of raised its, its head about a year and a half or two years ago, uh, having to do with uh, uh, estimating glomerular filtration rate, or EGFR. Now, you know, as a pharmacist, you know, of course, I've spent my entire career, I've probably done uh, the, the Kalkoff-Kalt equation so many times that if I got a, I know, a dime for every time I did it, I could probably retire tomorrow. And I, of course, you know, the Kalkoff-Kalt equation is used to, to uh, estimate GFR for drug dosing, but that's not what we use and something that, that kidney specialists and nephrologists have, 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 have struggled with for years now is a accurate way of estimating glomerular filtration rate to assign level of chronic kidney disease which there also uh, has prognostic indications because as you might imagine, the worse your, your EGFR is, the higher your risk of developing end-stage renal disease going on to dialysis and the higher your mortality. I, I think we sometimes forget that people do die of kidney failure, even chronic kidney failure. And we know that there's a number of reasons for that, electrolyte abnormalities. It seems that, and some have argued that chronic kidney disease at a certain level should be a cardiovascular risk equivalent because it seems a lot of these people have a very high level Levels of cardiovascular risk if they reach in a certain point of, of EGFR, but for all those reasons, for both for both prognostic reasons and to assign therapy to prevent the development of, of, of going on to requiring dialysis and things like that, they need an accurate way to estimate uh, GFR. And for many years, uh, it was the Cockerwell equation, and then it got switched to the MDRD equation, which was actually just coming out into play when I came out of school back in the early 90s, and then that got changed out yet again for the CKD epi equation. So, and that's the chronic kidney disease epidemiology collaboration group. And they would use, they used first creatinine, and then they also recommended cystatin C, which we'll talk about in just a bit for estimating GFR. At the time, previous studies had found that baseline differences in serum creatinine between black and non-black individuals was found. So when they just did kind of baseline studies, they found that, that on the whole, there were differences in, 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 in patients who identified as black uh, compared to non-black individuals as, as far as, as levels of serum creatinine. And at the time, they, there was all sorts of theories about why this is. We, that's never really been elucidated why. Um, there was some kind of erroneous stuff floating around there that, oh, well, you know, black individuals have 
have higher muscle mass and that that not only has harmful race essentialist medical reasoning associated with it and it's been debunked that's that's just that doesn't make any sense and it's it's important to remember that this was a problem not only from this perspective but but of other has as others have argued this basically uh, you know kind of assigns patients were black that they have different biologies than different races and that just doesn't make any sense and so the the problem of course is that these false claims and false medical reasoning potentially led to to differential care for black individuals with 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 chronic kidney disease and that's a problem for a million reasons but one of the big ones is that is that uh, uh the 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 uh, uh equations that they were that that were used in the early 2000s to estimate gfr had a coefficient in the equation for race that kind of dealt with this supposed difference in baseline serum creatinine what that did unfortunately was that it, it estimated anywhere from 16 to 20 percent higher GFR levels in black patients compared to, to non-black patients which meant that they were less likely to uh, be assigned a worse level of chronic kidney disease and perhaps less likely to get more aggressive care or have good prognosis associated with it and that was despite the fact that even back then we knew that black patients with chronic kidney disease have a three to fold higher risk of going on to need dialysis or mortality associated with other races and ethnicity. So it was this weird period, a paradox where the, the EGFR equation was, was estimating they had a higher uh, uh, a kidney function, but they actually had a, a higher risk of going on to develop dialysis and, and, and mortality. So because of that, and kind of, I, I, think, I think, a quite appropriate outcry um, from particularly uh, nephrologists about this, the National Kidney Foundation had a new task force developed that basically tried to take a look at this. And they uh, recommended some new EGFR equations that did not include race, which makes sense. You know, there are uh, some other authors have argued that race is essentially a social, social political construct and that it probably has no role in, 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 in these kind of equations. And so they've kind of tried to take a look at that. And so, you know, we, that kind of dials us back after this kind of history lesson into what was this paper that just came out in uh, uh, JAMA just last week or uh, last week as we're recording this. And they point out again that the original uh, C, uh, CKD epi equation accounted had this coefficient uh, for race that they uh, a few years ago basically said, well, okay, what if we just take out that race coefficient does that, you know, help mitigate the, the issue? And others have said, no, we need an entirely new approach. We need, we need, we need to take a look at, at, at different, a different equation that estimates a, a CKD. And so now we're kind of floating around to the point where we have like several equations out there that are purported to estimate accurately the EGFR of patients whatever race they are, and trying to determine uh, their risk for developing uh, uh, something called KFRT. We were talking before we started recording that that is not a new uh, sandwich from, from KFC. It actually stands for kidney failure with replacement therapy. I had not heard that, that acronym before, but it's KFRT, uh, uh, kidney failure with replacement therapy, or mortality. And, and again, so the, the, the $64 question is, we have several of these equations floating around. Uh, have, have any of them been well validated to estimate the prevalence of KFRT or mortality in patients. And that was the point of this paper. So this paper, uh, they said, okay, well, we are going to take a look at several different equations. And some of these equations are going to use serum creatinine as the marker of renal function. And some of them are going to use cystatin C. And for those of you who are not uh, familiar with cystatin C, cystatin C is, is, is an interesting uh, thing. And, and if it was cheaper, it would probably be the standard way we estimated GFR in all patients. But something 
something I, I tell my students when I teach one of my classes at Drake is that remember that the reason we use creatinine as a measurement of, of, of renal function is because it's one of the few easy things that most labs can measure that seems to be mostly, though not totally, excreted by glomerular filtration. So since it's, since it's only filtered by GFR, if we measure that, that gives us an idea of renal function because if serum creatinine goes up, that means that, that, that the body is not filtrating it out into the urine, you're retaining more of it, serum creatinine goes up and you end up with, with, with renal insufficiency. But as any pharmacist can tell you, you get into a big quagmire with, with creatinine because there are some uh, creatinine, the, the main uh, um, source of creatinine, of course, is muscle mass. So patients who have a very low muscle mass are just going to have low serum creatinine to begin with, whereas people who have super high muscle masses may have a higher than normal uh, creatinine just at baseline. And so it is by far from the perfect way to measure uh, 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 filter, uh, GFR in these patients. And so cystatin C is, is probably much better because it's a small protein that's expressed in all nucleated cells. So it's not just in muscle mass, it's produced at a constant rate and it is freely filtered by the glomerulus. It is, it is not secreted but instead reabsorbed by tubular epithelial cells and then catabolized. So it doesn't return to the, to the bloodstream. So cystatin C probably is the, is the perfect marker that we could use to estimate GFR in patients. And the reason you may not have heard of it before or seen it used is because most labs don't have the equipment to do cystatin C because it is much more expensive than serum creatinine. Now the price is coming down and, and nephrologists I've talked to have said that they're hopeful in the next five to 10 years that when we're trying to estimate renal function, we're not going to be using uh, creatinine at all anymore. We're going to be using cystatin C. We already know that cystatin C is better than creatinine in, in previously published studies and estimating a filtration rate, especially in obese patients. And that's something that, again, as an, as an inpatient pharmacist, I struggle with all the time trying to estimate what, what patient's renal function is. So getting back to, to, to the paper, you know, this, this, so this paper uh, wanted to take a look at several of these equations, some of which used creatinine as their marker, some of which used, used um, um, uh, cystatin C as the marker. And then what they did was they looked at several large already published databases out there and tried to say, okay, we're going to take the information from these databases, use these four equations, calculate the eGFR on these, and then look and see what the outcomes were in these patients. What was the risk for developing this kidney failure with replacement therapy or KFRT or mortality in these patients. So kind of, kind of an interesting study. They used, they wanted to look at four equations. And again, you know, I, over, over the radio or over podcasts might be kind of difficult, but so they used the original 2009 eGFR equation, the one that had the race coefficient in it. They also used the race free CKD epi equation. So they, the first one was with the race coefficient. The second one was the same equation without the race coefficient. The third one they used was a cystatin C-based uh, CKD equation. And the fourth one, and the one that they're recommending, is a newly proposed race-free equation incorporating both serum creatinine and cystatin C. And you might see this as it starts to gain uh, uh, prominence in the literature called EGFR-CR-CYS. So EGFR-CR-CYS. I'm sure somebody's going to start calling that like Egafer cysts or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens when, when things come down the pike on it. But basically, they looked at these four equations and then they looked at these databases and said, okay, we're going to, we have the information in these databases for, to calculate all four of these equations in these patients. We're going to calculate that and then we're going to take a look at what outcomes these patients had and see if there's a correlation between the EGFR equations, estimates of their, of their kidney function and how well they did. So that it's kind of complex, but that's kind of how they 
did it. As you might imagine, uh, the stats were very complex. It, you couldn't do a study like this without trying to account for all sorts of different covariates, including you know age and gender and things along those lines. So, so that that that's kind of important to know. They used many of the standard databases, including the NHANES three, uh, which is the one of the standard uh, databases used for a lot of these kind of studies. They used the Regard studies, and they also used three specific CKD cohorts, including uh, the AASK cohort and the MDR, the original MDRD cohort as well. And these were all data that was published clean back in 1988 to 2018, basically, where, where patients in these databases. So they had all these patients, they calculated the four, then they did uh, hazard ratios to look at the five-year risk of either going on to develop KFRT, so kidney failure with, with, with replacement therapy, or mortality. And they wanted to see what the correlation was or association was between the EGFR and these four equations and, and, and this outcome. Looking at that, these five population-based courts all put together, they had 18,000 Black participants, 38,000 non-Black participants, of which, as you might imagine, the vast majority are non-Hispanic white listed and 8% Hispanic listed. So when they did that and they put all these infra, all these all this data in, into, into their analysis, they found, as you might expect, a significant disparity with risk of black versus non-black patients who have had EGFRs less than 60 based on various equations. And they were really all over the map. So again, the, the hazard ratio of KFRT or mortality based on the EGFR on any of these four equations was kind of all over the place. So they note that in the original EGFR equation that did account, it did account race in its coefficient, that they found that the, the, the prevalence of outcomes in black patients was actually lower than the baseline. Didn't reach statistical significance. It was 0.98, but it was that numerically the point value was lower than non-blacks. Then for the EGFR in patient and where they took out the racial coefficient part of the equation, the risk was 1.2, and that was statistically significant for blacks compared to non-blacks. When they looked at the EGFR, a revised equation without the race coefficient, but using cystatin C, they found uh, similar numbers. And then when they used this proposed EGFR, are using both creatinine and cystatin C without the race component, it actually had a, a hazard ratio of 1.8. And that was statistically significant for the outcome of KFRT or mortality. So, you know, translating that into, into English, you can understand as you're driving along, is that the older equation actually found a lower risk of these bad outcomes based on EGFR in black patients compared to non-black patients. But this newly proposed equation that doesn't use race as, as a marker and as coefficient and did use cystatin C as well as creatinine actually found an 80 per, a relative risk 80% increase that was statistically significant for both kidney failure requiring dialysis and or mortality. They noted that a total of 3,200 patients in all the cohort ended up going on dialysis over a mean follow-up of 12 years in Black patients and 13 years in non-Black patients, the absolute risks of developing dialysis were much higher in Black patients, 7.3% compared to 3.9% in non-Black participants. And for all equations in both Black and non-Black populations, again, this risk of KFRT was significantly greater and lower versus higher EGFR, which just makes sense, right? As our kidney function starts to go down, our body decreases the ability to basically filter things and do the other things the kidney is supposed to do, and that puts you would increase requiring renal replacement therapy, basically. So th this was true when they did models looking for age. This was true for, for when they looked at gender and other covariants that they looked at. The bottom line was that the original EGFR equation that did include race and just used a creatinine uh, basically uh, did not 
uh, show that there was a higher incidence of uh, developing bad outcomes from chronic kidney disease or death, whereas this newly proposed equation that has no race coefficient in it, but does have, uh, but uses both creatinine and cystatin C, did find this significant risk, and again, about a, a 1.8 uh, hazard ratio increase in this. So in summary, the authors found all this, and they said that their conclusions were that these, uh, using all these studies, they showed that decreased GFR values calculated with this brand new equation was significantly associated with higher KFRT, whether you were Black or non-Black, and it attenuated racial differences in risk of KFRT mortality compared to the other equations, especially the original equation that had this race marker in it. So that's a good thing, basically. So there, they basically suggest that this really should be the preferred measuring estimate when uh, trying to, to, to assign uh, levels of chronic kidney disease, and that puts people, you know, that puts people at risk of either uh, developing, uh, needing K, uh, uh, dialysis, or going on to have mortality. And again, why is that important? Because it's, it's important for prognostic factors, you know, as, as patients' renal function gets worse, that we can kind of say, look, you're in stage four, stage five chronic kidney disease. You have to start thinking about, do you want to be on dialysis? We have to start looking at if they're young enough, are they candidates for, for transplant? Because again, that, that would play a role. And if none of those things are applicable, we need to start talking about goals of care. And, and I think nef most nephrologists would agree that having you know, palliative care involved and, and making having goals of care conversations with patients as they start approaching stage five chronic kidney disease is, is, is a good thing because, you know, many patients, unfortunately, don't really understand what dialysis involves. It's not a fun thing. And they have to kind of make, make a decision is, is, you know, what quality of life do they want to have? And is this associated with their goals of care? Also, again, you know, if we can estimate people as their renal function gets worse, you know, can we put them on medications that attenuates proteinuria? So that would be things like, you know, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, and now the SGL2 drugs, you know, would they be candidates for all that? If they start to develop some of the electrolyte abnormalities or some of the issues associated with renal osteodystrophy, do you start treating those patients earlier than later? Because, you know, before we didn't think you had phase five chronic kidney disease and, and now we're, we're well aware of that. So, so that's, you know, really kind of what they found. And, and, and they note that this isn't a perfect study, of course, that one of the big issues is that, you know, they covered a, a period of about 40 years. And of course, there have been a lot of changes in, in, in therapy in 40 years, even in the world realm of dialysis, and that might explain for, for some of that. They also note that they really still, even after accounting for this, really still can account for the discrepancy in these differences they found. So again, remember that they found that just, just looking at absolute numbers, that if you were Black and had chronic kidney disease, you had twice the risk of going on to develop either the need for dialysis or mortality compared to non-Black patients. And they say, you know, this paper doesn't answer that question. You know, there's some theories that maybe they have more severe albuminuria, so more severe proteinuria, that is that that causes a faster decline in GFR. They know, of course, social determinants of health could, could, could do this. But again, one of the things they point out is that this might have been a subtle form of discrimination because older studies said, well, you know, they don't really have bad, uh, Black patients don't really have worse uh, renal function. It's because they have different baseline creatinine levels. And, and we now know that just isn't true. And, and this study basically shows that this equation that uses both cystatin C and creatinine and does not have a, have a racial coefficient 
does correlate nicely with, with the absolute outcomes they found. Now, so the, the $64 question is how do you how do you operationalize this in you know, where you work? It's going to be tricky, uh, even as of today. And I just I just I was asking um, uh, some of the lab people in my hospital. We do do statin C in, in my hospital. We're a, we're a large tertiary care hospital, but it's about $18 to $20 uh, for the cost of a statin C measurement compared to only $5 for a creatinine uh, measurement. So it's about almost th you know three, three to four times as more expensive. And with the number of these that you're going to be generating, it's going to be, even at these low levels, going to be uh, cost ineffective probably to use a cystatin C in all patients. So the question is going to have to be, at what point do you abandon creatinine and start using cystatin C as your marker? And as you know, is it when patients start getting into CDKD level two? Is it all diabetics? Is it all obese patients? Again, you know, is it patients who identify as black? We don't know the answer to any of those questions yet. Uh, uh, you know, they say the price of cystatin C is continuing to decline. Hopefully that will reach a point where it's more at parity with, with, with creatinine. And that will be the only thing we use when we're trying to estimate CKD. So we'll, we'll see where this comes up, but certainly in your practice, if you are trying to estimate uh, a patient, especially if they're obese, if they again identify as black, if they have low muscle mass or some other reason that you think that serum credit might not be accurate, it may be reasonable to ask your lab, you know, gee, you know, can we, and do we do this in our, in our lab? If, we, if, if it's a send out, how much is it? And even just a one-time dose to just a, a one-time uh, cystatin C measurement to estimate uh, EGFR at that point in time may be a good point to kind of go off of as you're deciding, you know, should I refer them to nephrology? Should I, you know, be more aggressive at looking at some of their other risk factors, things along the those lines. So that's kind of the bottom line of the study. So that's it for this week of Game Changers, a lot of acronyms. So hopefully this over and everyone was able to follow this, this, this podcast. Uh, again, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. But until then, remember, time flies. I don't know where it's going, but the most important day is today. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening then. Claim your CE credit by clicking on the link in the show notes and check out CE Impact's other education at ceimpact.com, where we curate the most important information in pharmacy and medicine to deliver straight to you. Join today to connect your learning to practice.